Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello and welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. Okay, it's time we talk about the method that is disrupting our industry. The KonMari method. The KonMari method was introduced by a now very popular woman, Marie Kondo. If you haven't heard of her and her now very popular TV show, Tidying Up, don't worry. It's important, though, that we do talk about who she is and what this method is. Enchanted with organizing since her childhood, Marie began her tidying consultant business as a 19-year-old university student in Tokyo. Today, Marie is a renowned tidying expert, helping people around the world to transform their cluttered homes into spaces of serenity and inspiration. In her number one New York Times bestselling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, that was originally published in 2011, Marie took tidying to a whole new level, teaching that if you properly simplify and organize your home once, you'll never have to do it again. She created the KonMari method. KonMari, I think. Most tidying methods advocate a room by room or a little by little approach, which doom you, she says, to pick away at your piles of stuff forever. The KonMari method encourages tidying by category, not by location. Beginning with clothes, then moving on to books, papers, kimono, which means miscellaneous items, and finally, sentimental items. Keep only those things that speak to the heart and discard items that no longer like she says, spark joy. Thank them for their service, then let them go. People around the world have been drawn to this philosophy, not only due to its effectiveness, but also because it places great importance on being mindful, introspective, and forward-looking. Marie has been featured on more than 50 major Japanese television and radio programs, as well as in the Time Magazine, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, the London Times, Vogue Magazine, The Ellen Show, The Rachel Ray Show, and you guys, so many more. She's everywhere. She's also been listed as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. So on today's show, we have an official KonMari certified consultant, Michelle Vig. She helps people unleash their joy by taking a closer look at their stuff and organize their lives. With her passion for helping others find their innermost joy and her keen eye for design, she is able to transform spaces with ease and teach her clients how to keep their spaces looking amazing. She also helps business leaders and teams optimize and organize their spaces to be more effective and enjoy their workspaces. So today we're going to dig in and learn why Michelle decided to become a KonMari consultant, what that has meant for her business, and of course, we'll ask her if she's had the opportunity to meet Marie herself. So Michelle, welcome to our show. Thank you. We are so excited because, you know... I just got back from conference, the NAPO conference, and it was definitely all the buzz there because Marie Kondo's show had just come out in January on Netflix, and it's definitely making a lot of waves in 
you know, the even outside of our industry, just in general, it's making a lot of waves. So but before we talk about her, I want to know more about you and like how you got into organizing. Have you been an organizer for a super long time? Is this a second career for you? Take us back and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. So it's definitely a second career for me. I spent 20 years in corporate America in a variety of executive leadership positions, mostly in marketing and product innovation. And in 2014, I've, all, I've always had a passion for organizing my own things. And I do believe that organizing my time and really my mind were part of what propelled me in, in my business career in corporate America. But in 2014, I read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I didn't even really think about it back then. I just read it and I loved it. And I, would, I was already, as I said, really organized, but I conmarried my entire house and I, that was kind of it at the point. Fast forward maybe six months, we were on an executive retreat where we were doing a lot of reflection and introspective work. And, and you were asked all these questions about where do you lose yourself in time? What do you love more than anything else? And I kept coming back to organizing. And I remember telling my colleague at the time, I kind of think that I would like to help people organize their spaces. And I remember the look <laughs> and I remember the comment, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, you know, at this point, I was chief marketing officer for the second largest coffee company in the US. And I said, he said, why don't you just do a blog? And so I did. I said, you know, you're right. I mean, this is a little bit crazy. I, I mean, I've been in corporate for 20 years. I've got a great career. Why, why would I do that? So I didn't. I started writing a blog called Neat Little Nest in 2014. I just started organizing spaces in my home and, you know, started blogging about it. And partially because I wanted to explore that piece of marketing a little bit closer and a little bit more intimately. So that kind of, you know, as my career continued to grow, my last corporate position, I was president of the Caribou Coffee Company. And I really just kept being, being pulled at, you know, this is something that kept, kept coming back. But I would kind of given up the blog because my, my schedule just got too busy. But then I had an opportunity to rethink it. And I said, you know what? I got the back half of my career here. I'm going to give this a try. And so I've, I found a neat little nest in 2017. That is such a brave transition, Michelle. And I can't tell you how many people listening are where you were and they're thinking about doing exactly what you did. So now that you are, what, two years in, would, yeah. you, would you change anything that you've done? No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, you know, it's a very different, it's very different than I thought it would be in many ways better than I could have imagined in other ways. I just, I'm learning so much, you know, it doesn't feel, it just doesn't really feel like work. Yeah. It's been an incredible transition. I've had many great, and here's the, here's the KonMari connection. So I'll tell you the end of the, of the, my corporate story. So as I was leaving Caribou Coffee, I started asking myself, what am I going to do? I go on the web. I remembered Marie Kondo. I, I don't even know why. I mean, to me, it's divine intervention. And I saw that she was having a certif you know, certifying people. And the next session, and this was the third of all ever, 
was in Chicago, which is where my in-laws live, and it was six weeks later. And I thought, are you kidding me? I know what I'll do. I will just, I'll just go to this conference, and I'll just see if these are my people. Well, you can't just go to the conference. You had to, I had to submit a picture for, of all the spaces in my home. You have to be accepted to go to the conference. So at this point, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what if they don't accept me? <laughs> and my girlfriend said very clearly, if they don't accept you, they don't accept anybody. So I think you're going to go. And that, that to me was one of the biggest signs for me, go to the conference, see the people that are there. And when I got there, it was just, it felt like a room full of myself. You know, just, it was a very, the people, we had the same kind of passions and love. We had the same, I don't know, they just, everyone kind of looked the same. Not, not, it, I know it sounds silly, but you know, very, they were, their spaces were tidy. They had organized planners. It was a really fun experience. So that to me was when I made the decision to, to try it. Let's do it. Let's go. And I love it because you took these baby steps starting in 2014, mm-hmm. where you just kind of put your toe in a little bit and then the foot. And then, you know, it was either all in or or it wasn't. And you just decided to take a leap of faith. And I love that two years later, you're saying you absolutely made the right decision for yourself because you followed your heart and your gut. And I'm sure your mind, I'm sure you prepared yourself in all those adult ways that we need to prepare ourselves. So can we talk about that a little bit? What what yeah. sort of things did you do to prepare your life for entrepreneurship? So I always, that's a great question. I mean, I'm very organized. So my husband and I are very financially prudent individuals already. So my opportunity with Caribou gave me, when I left the company, it gave me the opportunity to sort of explore this in a way that was easy for me to do financially. And because we had saved enough money, there wasn't that pressure to perform. And I, and I really didn't want that because I had been, you know, pressure to perform was the it was exactly how I lived through the 20 years prior. That was what I did was constantly perform, perform, perform. So I really wanted to enter this in a totally different way. I wanted to enter this with my heart leading the way and a little bit less my head because I know how to do business. You know, I've led companies. I've led very long. This company is not a small little company and I've led large teams, but I really wanted to just like dial back the strivey and really dial in on what is it that I want to do to help people. So I really dialed more into why I wanted to do this rather than what and the how. Because I know the, the what and the how come very easy to me, um, just having worked in business for so long. And I just wanted to approach this piece of my life a little bit less strivy. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm not striving at all. It means that I'm really being focused on what it is that I want to do, what it is that I don't want to do. And that's been my, my best, you know, my best advice to myself was enjoy the journey because that was not part of my, you know, I was a very, very driven, highly successful executive. And it's easy for me to get back into just drive, 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 do, do, do. But I have two children, one who's just turned 14 and one who's 10. And I, I felt a little bit like I was missing part of their lives. And so I wanted to, to take this back half of my life and this new entrepreneurship journey on my terms, rather than what I believed a company or an executive should be like, if that makes sense. 
It makes total sense. And I love the angle that you're coming at. You know, you were, sounds like you were financially prepared when you left your corporate job to, Mm -hmm. to follow your heart instead of your head. So you didn't feel that pressure. You didn't feel that scarcity feeling of, I just have to make money now and I'll do anything to, to do that. So because you had that amazing opportunity, those of those listeners who feel that maybe they're not quite in that position and they want to know right now, okay, so since you had that opportunity to be relaxed in your first steps in entrepreneurship, what were the things that you took from your corporate life that you incorporated into your own business that you felt were quite effective and that you would share with our listeners? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the structure. So writing the strategy, creating the brand strategy, really getting strategically on paper what it is that I was trying to create for the brand, Neat Little Nest. That was, you know, so, so really getting to the core, what, why am I doing this at the, you know, at the center of the whole, whole piece? So I think for me, that, that piece of sitting down and really wanting to dis, you know, be very clear about the why and then the what and the how was a really, really a first, a important first step. And of course, I, I, mean, I wouldn't, you have to also do the math. And I did that too. You know, you have to be prudent about how many hours do you want to be in home? How, how are you going to make your money? So it wasn't that I was, my personality isn't one that can be that relaxed. So those things just came, came natural to me. So number one, write the strategy. Number two, do the math. And number three, figure out what is it, what is my 20-year vision? And then work backwards from that. And those are just things for me that come very natural. I don't want to put you on the spot, Michelle, but do you mind sharing with our listeners what your why is? Yes. I don't mind sharing at all. (laughs) I'm actually grabbing um, sheets. I want to make this on my circle chart right here. So why we exist, Neat Little Nest, is to free people to live their most desired life. I love that. You know, and this is what listeners I know are asking is like, well, my why is I want to help people. But you, Michelle, got so detailed on, and I could picture in my mind what a person's life would look like after working with you. And I think that's the kind of vision we have to give to our prospective clients to to have them excited to engage with us in business. And so listeners, I would encourage you if you've not yet done this and you're in business or if you're thinking about doing what Michelle did and transitioning that, finding that very clear why is one of the first things you really need to do before, I think even before the math, Michelle, would you agree? Yeah, because the why is the... For me and for everyone really in business, the why is the reason you get up and can keep mm-hmm. going when times are hard. <laughs> and it's not the math and the money that, you know, that keep you going. And I, you know, over the course of my 20 year career, I've had no money and eaten ramen and I've had enough money and it didn't really matter at those different points in my career, wherever my heart was, it was, it was the biggest driver for my satisfaction in my in my life. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in to Michelle's experience working in the KonMari method and what's that, what that's done for her business. So we're going to take a quick break, hear a message from Napo, and we will be right back with Michelle Vig. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer Napo University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. For the entire course catalog, visit napo.net slash education. 
And to join NAPO, visit napo.net slash join. Okay, we are back. We are talking to Michelle Vig about her jump from corporate America to entrepreneurship and how she believes finding your why is one of the first things that you should do so that you can take off like a rocket like she has. And she's also found a method that really speaks to her. And it just so happens it's the very method that is disrupting the organizing and productivity industry as we speak. It's Marie Kondo's Con method. So Michelle, we'll remind listeners, you you were thinking about starting your business and you went online and you found out she was now certifying organizers in her method and you went to Chicago and what you had to be accepted to go. So how many people approximately were there there? And then what did you do when you were there? Was it a test? Was it just a lot of classes? And then you took a test afterwards. What, what was this process like? The process started with the three-day seminar and it was there were 80 people there from all around the globe I believe there were only maybe 15 from the United States I was in the third session in the U.S. so as I found you know it was very this the getting certified in the decluttering in the KonMari decluttering process was very new at the time was very new at that time and this was only I believe the second in the U.S. One was in New York. One was in this. The one I attended in Chicago. So you, the three days were very intensive, and it was the best way to describe it is a deep dive into the book. So you really went piece by piece, diving in deep. You worked with teams. You explored just a really lot about the the philosophy, the reasons why, what you, you know, your own thoughts. And you did start to, in that seminar, begin to write your, you know, your strategy for your, for your business. There was some workshopping on that as well. Tons of ability to ask questions too. So that was step one. And that you said it was a three-day conference, correct? Yep. And so the whole three days was a deep dive into the book or what happened? Really, yes. I mean, every, every, because it's just a lot, a lot of stuff. So we would um, talk about the philosophies. We would look into each individual, you know, how do you go about working with clients with clothes? What questions do people have about that? Then we would go into how do you go about um, working with clients on books and what questions do people have about that? The last day of the seminar, and those were all Marie Kondo's team that were working with us on that. And then the last day of the seminar, we were taught by Marie Kondo and we were able, and that is when we graduated from the class, but we were not certified at that point. We were just, that was just the first phase of the, of the entire process. Wow. So then what happens next? The, the conference is over. You, you got to work with Marie. Then what, then what happens? Yep. You go back home and you have, there are some, you have to start doing practical work. You have to work with clients and record all of your sessions online, answering a series of questions. Who was the client? What space did you do? How did it go? How many hours did you spend? And you would just continue to answer those questions until you had enough hours. And I believe it was, you answer all those questions for each client. And then after that, they may or may not accept all of them, if that makes sense. So it's 50 hours you have to do in practical in the house, but it might be more than that if as you're answering the questions, you did, they didn't feel like maybe you quite accomplished what they were trying to teach in that certain section. So if mm-hmm. on books, as you were writing, they didn't think you accomplished that, then they would ask you some more questions and ask you to do some more work. And you had to have at least 
one client go all the way through the entire process, all the way from clothing to books, all the way through their sentimental. And then once you got all of that done, you were approved to take the test. And once you took the, then you took a practical test, a written test, same thing, you would submit your answers based on your, your, how you would, it was kind of like a interview. So how you would speak with a client, you would write that response in, they would put some different types of questions the client might come up with and how you would respond to that. Once you had all those things completed, they would review all your answers, determine if it was in the spirit of what the, the KonMari process and decluttering was. And if they said you were good, great. If they had things that you needed to work on, they would have you retake the test. Wow. So it sounds like this process is quite involved. It is. It took, I mean, it takes a series of, you know, I think it took me from April is when I went to the conference and I think I was certified not until late August or the first week in September. Now, I imagine you working in corporate America for 20 years, you've been through many a training, maybe not certification that maybe you have, but just many a training, many a group-led or even individually-led situation where you're just trying to better yourself as a professional. Comparing that, your corporate experience to this certification, would you did you enjoy it? Did you find it to be professionally invigorating, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Did you feel satisfied when you took it? You felt like you were doing good work and you were challenging yourself? Yeah, I really did. Because especially for me, because I was going from a place in corporate that had literally had nothing to do with where I was headed. So for me, the ability to, you know, there were a lot of people in the KonMari certification process who, who already were organizers. And they were getting this, you know, additional certification. There were also people like me who were had never been in the industry, and they were kind of checking it out, you know, themselves. I really appreciated that that Marie Kondo and her team were picky about the people that they chose to have come because they really were invested. And I really also did like that the process was so many prongs because it gave you the opportunity as a person to really get out in the real world and decide, is this actually for me? And there's a lot of people who, who chose that it wasn't. You know, they went to the seminar and even there were people at the end of the seminar who, who I spoke with who thought, you know, I'm so glad I went to the seminar, but I'm not sure this is for me now that I'm really thinking about it. Because a lot of the, during the seminar, there was a lot of role playing as, you know, as if you were clients and how you would interact with clients. So if that was something that, you know, kind of you didn't think about or you didn't, if, if you like organizing and you like to do it by yourself, well, that might not translate into being able to actually service and lead a client who is having trouble and is overwhelmed and needs to get from A to Z through their process of decluttering and organizing. So I loved it. Right. Now, Michelle, while you were going through all of this, or even before you went to conference, to that conference, were you taking on any clients, either pro bono or paying, or did you wait until you were certified? Well, you had to take on clients in order to get certified. And, mm. and I, chose to, I chose to do, some of the clients were, I would say most of my clients at that point were pro bono because I really wanted to learn and I didn't want to learn with, on people paying me to learn. So a lot of that was that. And it was an incredible learning experience for me. Uh, Honestly, I highly recommend 
to anyone who's even considering coming into the organizing and productivity industry, the more that they can do early on to figure out which piece of organizing and productivity they love by, by doing, you know, working with their friends to see how they feel and how their comfort level is with, with people. It's different to organize your own spaces than it is to lead a client to declutter and organize theirs. And so the practical experience, it's almost necessary. Now, how much does your certification drive your marketing efforts? Are you Michelle Vig, professional organizer, and you just happen to be KonMari certified? Or does the certification kind of lead you in your efforts so that you find clients who already kind of are a little bit educated and already into the method and they want some direction? Or how does that work for you in your business? That's a great question. I would say, so I am Michelle Vig, founder of Neat Little Nest, and I am KonMari certified. So I would say, I don't, I definitely don't lead with, I'm KonMari, and oh, by the way, I'm Michelle Vig. Be, um, some, some organizers really do lean into KonMari and Marie Kondo much more than I do. But, you know, as I described earlier, my long-term vision is to build a brand called Neat Little Nest. And inside of that is... That the fact that I am certified in the KonMari method of decluttering, which I love. Not all my clients call me to have them go through the entire KonMari process, but I do use the KonMari principles with whichever client I work with, whether they know what it's called or not. So some of my clients definitely are specifically reaching out because they've read the book, they found my name on the KonMari website, and they came in through that way. But there are many of my clients who saw me some other way in, in, the, in other press that I've received or through word of mouth from people in the area. And they have no idea really what the, they kind of heard of Marie Kondo. They know there's this phenomena. They understand the joy thing, but that's really about it. And it isn't until I start working with them that they're really seeing it come to life. But, but it, so it's a mix. I watched Tidying Up on Netflix. I don't know if I watched the entire season, but I remember the one episode of the woman who lost her husband and it was just so heartbreaking. Oh, and yeah. she was, I believe she was going through the books and I don't remember exactly what it was, but she kind of wanted to to stray from the method a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and Marie kind of was like, I really want you to try it this way. And they did. And she still was like, you know what? I, I need to do it. I think it was the clothes or I don't remember what it was. But anyway, so my question to you is when you're going through the method and you're feeling a little resistance, do you, instead of doing it uh, by category, would you, would you ever go by location if the client requested? Or do you feel out that, you know what? This client really isn't driving with this method. I need to adjust to help them reach their goals or how does that work for you? Yeah, I definitely use my my emotional intelligence to help them. And but I will also say that going category by category, in my experience, whether they know if that's the Conmari method or not, it's for the clients who are the most overwhelmed, it's actually the easiest for them to do. It, it's just easier for them to do it that way because remember the Conmari method even though they do get rid of things, it's about finding things they wish to keep. And that's a really different philosophy from many organizers who are just like, go find things you don't like and get rid of them. And I don't mean, 
I shouldn't say more stories. I'm just saying like a lot of the, you know, anyone who might write about that in an article, whether they're an organizer or not, you know, they, these little tips on how you can get organized, you know, often it'll just be like, you know, go find 10 things and get rid of them. Well, the KonMari method is we are searching for things you love. And the only way to truly do that is to find all the things that are the same. So when you see six spatulas, you can pick out the three you love. You know that one that's just aggravated you for the last you know, three <laughs> times you've cooked. So the thing that typically that I've seen less than category by category is, I don't know if I agree with the order until they do, do the order. And then they see, you know, my clients who have gone through the entire process with me after they finish papers, which is the third category, but the most difficult is the first three categories. I mean, they're just big categories, clothing, mm -hmm. books, and papers. Once you finish papers, it's like they're on top of a mountain and they, they're, you know, then they're a disciple and they're a believer because they, because they've never been able to, they've never been able to feel that freedom that it, that they have getting through those big, those big categories and the big blocker categories, you know, and papers being a huge blocker category. I know exactly what you mean. A lot of times when you write blogs or what pops up on Pinterest under the hashtag organizing or, or Instagram, a lot of it's the three categories, right? The discard, donate, and keep. And so it's always about discarding is getting rid of and donating is getting rid of, although passing it on. But I love that, that we're really looking for searching for the things that we love and having them, putting a spotlight on them. And we can only really do that if we kind of, you know, clear the clutter and, and let them shine in, in your home or in your office. So that's a really positive way to look at organizing in a not so scary way. Because I know that's the first thing people always, you know, ask me. They don't know who I am. They don't know my personal philosophy. They're like, are you going to make me get rid of everything? And you're like, no, you know, that's not. Yeah. So as you're working with these clients and you said you have a few who've gone through the entire process. Mm -hmm. Tell us true. Do they really stay organized after that last session? Do they never need you again? They really do. Yeah. Right. And right. I will, the reason for it, everything in their home has a home. And I'm very clear. First of all, it takes a long time to go through the process. It's not a one day thing. And the thing that's different about my business and KonMari over generally, but what I do with my clients, if I have clients who don't want to work with me, right, do the process, I don't go in and just organize their stuff. It's a nuance, but it's really a key thing. When you have someone invested, and standing next to you and going through every, literally every single thing in your house. You create a home for every single thing in your home. You design, because one, one of the things that I'm, that Neat Little Nest is part of its brand is we have customized labels and it's very aesthetically pleasing designs. At the end, because I say, I want the, once you finish picking all your things of joy, I want it to look, I want you to open those cupboards and they give you an extra spark of joy. And that, even in my clients who are the, the ones that I walk into, and even I'm even my breath is taken away a little bit by how much I know we have, the, how big the mountain is. Yes, they, they can keep it that way. But I also tell them all along the way, it requires maintenance. It's not magic. It's what I say on my, on my Instagram account. I think, you know, my followers are probably sick of it. But every week or so, you know, it's not a magic wand. You have to make decisions every day about where things, you know, are you putting things back or not? Mm -hmm. Which I love. There is no magic wand. And although her book was life-changing magic of tidying up, I think that magic there is just here. I've gifted to you this great packaged 
process and way of thinking to get you through what is for many people daunting. You know, you and I really enjoy doing it. And I love it when I have a a free Sunday afternoon, I can go in there and just, you know, (laughs) apply my maintenance to my own things. But for so many people, it's exhausting and it's their least favorite thing to do. So I love that Marie kind of, you know, she just created this beautiful little package to give to to anyone who would open it and and have an open mind to it. And Yeah, it's I I too enjoyed the book when it came out. And here's the thing, I I hope we can talk about this too quickly here Michelle is there's a, I don't really know what it is, but there's a lot of resistance within the professional organizing industry from organizers, you know, who had their own methodology or their own kind of way of doing things before Marie came out. Can you speak to what that is, because I quite honestly, I don't know. I just know that a lot of times there's some, you know, discussion and heated debate on whether this is a good method or not. Yeah. And yeah. what that and what you have interpreted that to mean and what you're hearing in, mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods, I guess I would say. Yeah, I think. And, the, and it's also the media, you know, it's I think because it's so popular now, it wasn't popular when when I became certified. <laughs> it's so popular now. That people are, sometimes they're, they're looking for what's wrong with it instead of just looking for what's right in the same way that the philosophy is look for what you want to keep and be joyful about that rather than look for what you don't like and, and, you know, kind of get rid of it with, you know, with abandon. I think it's a little, honestly, a little bit of that. Someone's moved the, moved the organizing cheese and have, have, has created a spotlight, but when you really get to the heart of what Marie says, and that's why I love the process. And I loved learning from her. She's a very joyful person. She really wants to help people find joy. So when they, when they try to, they'll try to take one thing she says and really kind of make it black or white. She's not that black and white in her, you know, there was a big controversy about her books and what she thinks about books. But when you really get down to it, she's always the same. It's based on what the client wants to keep. So I don't know exactly why there's so much controversy. I think it's just because she's really caused quite a stir in, in the world. And, and when it you know, moves a person's, what they believe, and it's a little bit different from what they believe, you know, sometimes you go to a, a place of protection and you get a little defensive. But I think, I think KonMari, whether you're certified in the KonMari method or you're not, if you're helping people organize, you're helping people transform their lives. It's all after the same, you know, the same goal. Right. It's, and it's, it's really, we come at it from a positive angle, which is what we're trying to do for our clients anyways, or for the world for that matter, even if they're not, you know, paying clients, we just want to spread that, that message of clarity and having people just really be mindful of the things they bring into their life, no matter what method they use to get there. So, Michelle, if we have listeners who are moved by your story and they too want to become certified, can they? Is the certification a closed situation or what do you know about people who want to get in on being a certified KonMari consultant? Yeah, as I understand, it is not closed. They are still taking um, consultants. She's still having, it's, I think it's two or three certification events seminars each year across the globe. So I don't think that it's, it's still, you know, it continues to grow for her. It's an important part of her business model. And 
I don't necessarily see that changing. How can people find out about the con? Where did you go? Does, does she? I'm assuming she has a website. Is that yeah. where you found Con Conmari.com. You can find out about her. You can find consultants. You can see about her Netflix show. And then, you know, obviously her products and her blog. But yeah, that KonMari.com is the best place to start. Now, I know you went into entrepreneurship with a little bit of a business background, a big business background coming from corporate America. But did did the certification process or did the conference speak at all to the business side of being a consultant? I know a lot of listeners who aren't yet in the industry have questions about pricing and about contracts and and just how to interact with a client outside of actually diving in and working. Do they get any of that education there or no? A little bit. Yeah. I would say we definitely talked about best ways to communicate with the client, how to set up the, your, the sessions. I will say personally, as I went about my business, I didn't find that the way that Marie did it didn't work for me. So I didn't feel comfortable it doing all the things that she recommended in setting up the business in terms of like getting the check when you walked out the door. There's just some things that didn't feel right for my business that I didn't take the recommendations from the KonMari team, but they definitely talked about it. She definitely has a point of view about it from what she did in her in-home, you know, organizing career. And because there's such a wide swath of people in the room and already a lot of organizers already, there was lots of discussion around how do you set your pricing model? We talked about being able to charge a premium when you, you know, have the KonMari certification and things like that. But it wasn't, I wouldn't say that was the most in-depth piece of it, but it was definitely a part of it. That's great. I really feel like that really just makes, it sounds like the conference was incredibly well-rounded mm -hmm. and not just about the methodology or the questions that clients would ask, but also how to, there's a whole big business behind getting to the client and then working with the client and then post-client. And, and a lot of listeners I know struggle with that part of it. So that's good to know that they kind of touch on that. Okay, Michelle. So you went from corporate America to you have a wonderful online presence and it sounds like you really love what you do. So if you don't mind, I always ask my guests to leave our listeners with two sticky notes, two notes they can put up on their mirror in their bathroom, maybe in their office, maybe it's in their car on their dashboard, but just two high impact pieces of advice that you carry with you that would change their business dramatically this week or this month, something that, that will change them sooner rather than later. What would you leave them with? Sure. First, no matter, always follow your passion. I've been saying this since I left corporate America, your heart, it really does know the way. And if it's talking to you and it's wanting you to do something different than the path you're on, follow your passion, follow your heart. And I think for me too, as you're setting up your business, I would say, always think the long game. So don't, of course, you're going to worry about tomorrow's clients, but think about the long game first. What do you want your business to look like in 10 years? Because when you can think the long game, it's easy to, to chunk that down into small pieces that you can then think the long game and then take it back five years, take it back five years and take it to the point where what can I do today to move me forward? So that, those are my two pieces of advice. Follow your passion and think the long game. I love it. Where can our listeners find out more about you, Michelle? 
they can follow me on Instagram, Neat Little Ness, probably where I'm the most active socially. And otherwise, I'm on w on uh, neatlittleness.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Listeners, this is a great episode. No matter how you feel about Marie Kondo and her method, what can you do today, this week, to make a change in your business for the better? I think Marie has a beautiful message of let's clear the clutter so we can let what we love shine. And Michelle has found it to be incredibly rewarding in her career. So if you felt a little lost and you're looking for a little direction, maybe this method is exactly what you need to get you started on the path or maybe a new chapter in your career. Or maybe you can just take a little morsel of it and incorporate it into your business model or into your teachings and just give you a little, your business a little freshening up, if you will. So I'm Sarah Karakayan. That wraps up this episode of Standout. Thanks for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with nuggets of inspiration or just anything valuable, please leave us a review. Let us know and hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to those two big asks, would you mind sharing this episode and any episode that you find valuable with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit? I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.